بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وأحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه قولي My dear brothers and sisters in Islam All praises belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We praise him We seek his assistance and we seek his forgiveness And we seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the evil of our souls and the adverse consequences of our deeds. Uh, whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides, then none can misguide. And whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala misguides, then none can guide. And peace and salutations be upon the final messenger, Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I bear witness that there is no one worthy of worship besides one Allah, and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his messenger. Um, brothers and sisters in Islam, welcome to episode. Which episode are we on? Let's see if uh, you all with us on this. Well, Hisham is giving away the answer quickly. Welcome to uh, episode fourteen, and um, I greet you with the greetings of peace. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa Indeed, all praises belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for it is He who decrees that um, we teach and that we learn. And no doubt, uh, teaching about Islam and learning about Islam is from the most uh, noble and important um, acts of worship. Um, some of the Salaf used to say, or some of the Salaf used to be asked, that if... Um, the coming of the hour uh, was near or was in front of you and um, you could do one thing, right? You could do one thing, what could it be, right? Um, Ibn al-Mubarak, rahimahullah, was, um, uh, was, was asked this as well, you know, that if, if it was said to you that there's nothing left of your life except a day, except a day, uh, what would you do? Um, he says, I would teach. I would teach. Right? Um, so, this teaches us how important it is to be a teacher. And even Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Khayrukum man ta'allam al-Qur'ana wa'allamah. That the best from amongst you are those who uh, learn the Qur'an. And this teaches us the, ben- the blessings of learning uh, and teaching the Qur'an. Because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the best of you are those who learn the Qur'an and teach it. Uh, and that's why um, I keep on uh, reminding you all to make sure that you know you share these lessons with your family, with your children, uh, even with those at work. Uh, this is an opportunity, uh, not just with those in your in your in your da'wah team, uh, but even you know if you're a line manager or a leader, you have a, a position of leadership. You can tweak the message, make it appropriate to the audience. Um, however, um, alhamdulillah, uh, it's a bold opportunity. Uh, for you to uh, be from the best from both angles, from the angle of being a student and from the angle of being a teacher um, as well. And obviously Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, بَلِّغُ عَنِّي وَلَوْ آيَةِ That you should teach something from me even if it's one ayah, right? Uh, even if it's a little bit. So uh, we all have a responsibility to teach that which we know. In, in, in um, our last session, brothers and sisters, we um, covered... Um, the summary of Ibn al-Qayyim's work uh, up to uh, page 63, I believe. 
just before the guidance of the Prophet وسلم, regarding uh, his Friday prayer. And um, we discussed many pearls related to the salah. Um, and just from the notes, um, as a recap, we, we learned how to be diverse um, in our worship because we, we noticed how different Rasulullah was to the supplications that he offered. Uh, he never uh, offered one supplication all the time. Rather, we see that he had uh, different supplications uh, that he would recite, such as at the opening of the prayer and in other parts of um, his uh, salah. Um, also, um, we came across a very uh, beautiful dua of the Prophet wasallam, which he وسلم, uh, would recite. Uh, when he woke up for the for the night prayer, right? Um, it is reported that he would say, "La ilaha illa anta subhanaka Allahumma astaghfiruka lidhambi wa asaluka rahmatak Allahumma zidni ilman wa la tuzik qalbi baad idh hadaytani wa habli min ladunka rahma innaka anta alwahab." Right, um, and this is on page 56, 55 and fifty-six of my notes. So I presume uh, it's the same with you all, right? So this is a beautiful du'a that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to make when he used to wake up, um, on, and also he used to also uh, say, as we know, he used to say, "Alhamdulillahilladhi ahyana ba'dama amatana wa ilayhi nushur." Right, uh, that all, uh, all praises belongs to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, uh, who gave us life after giving us death. Right, um, these are beautiful du'as, my dear brothers and sisters, and and there's great tarbiyah for us in 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 in, in these supplications of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. There's absolutely great tarbiyah. Um, if you just look at this du'a that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam made when he woke up, or the first du'a that I shared at at the bottom of page fifty-five. Um, you will come to see very quickly that, you know, the first thing on the mind of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam when he woke up was Allah. And the last thing on the mind of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam when he went to sleep was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. This is how it was. And uh, look how amazing this dua is. I mean, today, what do we do when we wake up, my dear brothers and sisters? What's the first thing we do? Well, what, what do you think? Is it pick up the, your mobile phone and check out check check up your your WhatsApp, check out your WhatsApp or your Telegram messages or your SMS messages or your email, <laughs> right? Um, be honest. What's the first thing that you do, right? Um, are we interested in connecting with the world and finding out what's the latest in the world? You know, maybe it's opening that news app. Uh, Ainur says, I uh, drink coffee. Wow, as soon as you wake up. I don't think so. You can't drink coffee as soon as you wake up unless you have an automated coffee maker which, which you have an alarm clock on and it makes the coffee uh, two or three minutes before you, you, you actually wake up. So, uh, maybe the first thing you do is put water, uh, boil water or something for the coffee. Um, uh, mashallah. Um, you know, so the, the point is, we need to revise ourselves on this, right? We need to revise ourselves on this point. Uh, all of us. Where is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the split second when we wake up, in terms of us? And where is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of the split seconds before we sleep, um, in terms of us? Uh, and this dua of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is amazing because as soon as he wakes up, he is announcing there is no one worthy of worship besides one Allah. He says, "La ilaha illa Ant," right? Meaning there is no one worthy of worship 
besides you. That's the first thing he says. Right? Now, when you say, La ilaha illallah, right, you are saying there's no one worthy of worship besides one Allah. Which means that you are uh, announcing the unity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of his worship. Which means that you are announcing that you will not associate partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of his worship. Okay? So, what does this announcement entail? If you say, I won't worship anyone but Allah, then by default, this statement entails that you will not associate partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His Lordship. Right? In His Lordship. Because uh, we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator, the sustainer, the nourisher, the maker, the giver of life, the giver of death. These are all uh, matters that fall under uh, the Lordship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you say there's no one worthy of worship besides Allah as the first statement when you wake up, then this necessitates you saying that there's no uh, Lord but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and there's no partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Lordship. Why? Because if you are announcing that there's no one worthy of worship besides one Allah, then it has to entail there being no partners with Allah in terms of His Lordship. Because... Uh, there's no way a person can say that uh, there's another creator, there's another sustainer, but then only say my worship is only for Allah. Does that make sense, brothers and sisters? Right? Um, th- th- there's no way that you can you can associate partners with Allah in terms of Him being the creator, the sustainer, the nourisher, but then you say there's no one worthy of worship besides one Allah. That that doesn't make sense. Right? Uh, please let me know in the chat box if, if, if uh, you're catching on to the point. Uh, I'm trying to highlight how deep this message of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is when he wakes up and the first thing he says is la ilaha illallah. So when he says this, the, the, when he announces the unity of Allah subhanahu wa taala in terms of his worship, then he is also announcing the unity of Allah subhanahu wa taala in terms of his lordship, right? Because one thing um, necessitates the other, one thing necessitates the other. Okay. Uh, what else is he saying when he says La ilaha illallah? He's saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is perfect in his names and attributes, in all his qualities, in all his, his qualities. His, uh, the, the, the qualities related to the self of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a being, and the qualities related to the actions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is perfect, perfect uh, beyond recognition uh, in terms of what we understand as perfect in, in, in the world today. That's what he's announcing as well. Why? Because if you're saying that there's no one worthy of worship besides Allah, and there's no, uh, and I announce the unity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as, uh, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his lordship, then this entails that you are announcing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most perfect. Subhanallah. Right? And uh, this should teach us how powerful the shahada is when we say, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah. Or when we say, La ilaha illallah. Right? That subhanallah, it's one statement, but it necessitates something else, and it also entails something else, all related to uh, tawheed and belief in one Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? So uh, this is how deep, wallahi, this, this, this shahada is. And this is what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam begins with. And then, subhanallah, he says, Allahumma astaghfiruka lidhambi. So the first thing he does after that, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is to seek forgiveness for his mistakes. 
I mean, Wallahi, my dear brothers and sisters, when do we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us? Let's be honest. Yani, uh, sometimes days go before we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us. Sometimes we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us just as a habit. It's not as an ibadah, as an act of worship. It's just one of those things that we just do, you know, subconsciously, right? Uh, here Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa consciously, when he wakes up, he announces there is no one worthy of worship besides one Allah. And then he asks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. For forgiveness, subhanallah. And this is the way of a Muslim. A Muslim is always humble. I mean Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa was asleep. Is a Muslim held accountable for their actions when they sleep? No, they're not. They're not. But why do we constantly ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us? And why does Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam constantly teach us to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us? Why does Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sit in a gathering and in one sitting he'll ask Allah for forgiveness 100 times? In another narration, 70 times. Right? The point is so many times he would constantly ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us. When he's, uh, Allah has forgiven his past and his future. Right? And why does he do so? Because he's a teacher to us. The people who have not been forgiven their past and the future. Right? He's a teacher to us. Right? That we need to do it even more. And he leads by example, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, by uh, announcing it from the outset when he wakes up. From the time that he wakes up. He announces this, subhanallah. Right? He asks Allah for forgiveness. We must understand, my dear brothers and sisters, that we will always be in debt to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our actions will not earn us jannah. We'll always be in debt. And I'm pretty sure I shared this with you guys once upon a time. Alright? We'll always be in debt. Which means the nature of humbleness should never leave us with regards to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When Allah gives us, we must be even more humble because we're already in debt and now we're even more in debt. Today when people get given, they become arrogant, they become ungrateful. Subhanallah. Right? Um, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala discusses this in his book in many an, an, an ayah regarding mankind and how mankind behaves when, when difficulty comes and how mankind behaves when, when ease comes. When ease comes, they forget about Allah. When, when difficulty comes, they complain about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? No, the reality is when we're already in debt, so when, 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 when difficulty comes, this is a, a gift from Allah to help us uh, uh, you know, rid ourselves of our mistakes and our sins. And when ease comes, this is a chance to become more humble and be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to help us earn more blessings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only gives us opportunity. Only gives us opportunity. He never gives us uh, a situation. Yes, sometimes um, opportunity comes in the form of difficulty. But that's how it is. When you go to the gym and you train that first day and your muscles are, are hurting, right? You can't sleep at night, you rest, you're, you're restless at night, everything is hurting you, right? right? Every, you feel a lot of pain. But that's a pain of strength. That's not a pain of weakness. That's a pain of strength. The next, because you're going to become stronger as a result of it. You're going to become stronger as a result of that pain. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only gives us opportunity. And that's why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is saying, ask Allah for forgiveness constantly. 
Because you're not going to get to Jannah because of your deeds. You're going to get to Jannah because of the mercy of Allah. And whatever you do is going to lack. It's going to lack. Whatever action you do is going to, it's going to lack in terms of uh, reaching a level uh, that, 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 that a person can say, now I, I deserve the mercy of Allah. It will never happen, my dear brothers and sisters. It will never happen. And, and, and I'm not talking about the fact that, you know, we have these eyes that we can see with and the ears and the heart and, and all these uh, priceless, priceless um, um, gifts that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. I'm talking about, you know, uh, a, a more simple fact. And that is the fact that whatever we do, Allah rewards us anyway. So we're in debt. You know, today you observe salah, Allah's going to reward you. You've been rewarded. Right? So you're in debt again. You, you say, subhanallah, Allah rewards you. You're in debt. Right? You say, Allahu Akbar, Allah rewards you. So you're in debt. you back. It's, it's, not, it's not that Allah didn't reward you, He rewarded you. Right? And the reward is better than the action. And we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala multiplies the rewards as if we did the one action so many times. So the reward is always better than the action. And that's why as an amazing point, Wallahi in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about insan, إِمَّا shakiran wa إِمَّا kafura. Amazing. Wallahi, if you ponder over this, it's absolutely amazing. I mean, I, I remember, it's, it's as if I went to another planet when I, when, when I, when I pondered over this ayah. Because... Uh, you know, the, and, and this is a, should be an incentive for us all to learn the Arabic language because you'll never understand, um, you'll never understand the reality uh, of the Quran reading an English translation, irrespective of how talented the the, the, the translator uh, is. You'll never because there's, I mean, in the Arabic language itself, there's no two true synonyms, as is a common law, right? There's no two true synonyms. This is a common law. Uh, in the Arabic language, okay. So even if you have a word and 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 you say, well, give me a synonym for this word, and I give you another word. Yes, they might share a lot of characteristics, but they won't be exact in terms of every shade of the meaning that each word holds individually. It will never happen. There's no two true synonyms in the Arabic language. That's how rich the language is, right? Um, and. That's why, you know, if, if that's the case in, within the language, then what do you think the case will be outside of the language? Right? Um, you'll never ever be able to get an exact translation. That's just how it is. I mean, there's, in the Arabic language also has the specifics uh, that other, language do, uh, other languages don't have. For example, in the Arabic language you can have what they call uh, equational sentences. And you, you can Google this. Equational sentences. This doesn't exist in English. Right? An equational sentence is a sentence without a verb. Right? So, uh, for example, in English I would say, I am Sajid. But in, 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 in Arabic I can say, I Sajid. If we want to be literal. Right? Um, so I can have what they call an equational sentence uh, or Al Jumla Al Ismiyah. Right? Um, so these are some of the, the, the uh, some only a drop in the ocean of the many differences between uh, the, the languages. And I'm saying this to encourage you to try your best to go and learn Arabic. You'll only appreciate the Quran better. And um, just coming to the point that I'm saying, where Allah says that, you know, when Allah talks about mankind, He goes, and then from mankind, they are those who are shakir and they are those who are kafur. Now, shakir refers to a grateful person. 
right? Allah didn't say shakur. Allah said shakir. Shakir refers to someone grateful. Shakur is the hyperbolized version of this uh, of this word. When I say hyperbolized, I mean it's uh, it's more expressive, more exclaimed, right? So shakur is the hyperbolized version of shakir. You know, it's like for example, I say this person is grateful. And if I want to express that, I would say this person is very, very grateful, extremely grateful. He has immense gratitude. That's what hyperbolization refers to. Okay? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, mankind is grateful. Or can be, uh, meaning they can be grateful. But Allah doesn't say extremely grateful. He doesn't use the expressive form of this word, shakir, or grateful. But when it comes to kafur, when it comes to ungrateful, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't say, doesn't say mankind is ungrateful. Allah says mankind is extremely ungrateful. Extremely ungrateful. Subhanallah. Which means what? Which means, my dear brothers and sisters, I mean for those who ponder over this, uh, that uh, we can only be thankful to Allah. We cannot be extremely thankful to Allah because no matter what form of thanks we offer, we will never do justice in thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah. We'll never be grateful in thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No matter what we do, right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rightly says shakir. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says shakir. He doesn't say that mankind will be extreme, that we have extremely grateful people from mankind. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we have thankful people from mankind. Because no matter how, even if you spend your whole life thanking Allah, you will never reach the stage of being extremely grateful. Given, given the, 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 the richness and depth of the gifts that Allah has given us, the greatest gift being Iman and Islam. Subhanallah. So, no, you, 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 you will never live long enough to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just for Islam. So your state in your best circumstance will be a shakir, will be thankful. But, if you don't thank Allah, then you can never be referred to a person who is just ungrateful. Rather, a person who is extremely ungrateful. That's why Allah says kafur. Allah doesn't, doesn't say kafir, Allah says kafur. Allah doesn't just say this person's ungrateful. Allah says he's extremely ungrateful. Why? Because you're already in debt. So if you're not going to thank, thank Allah, you're going to fall into... An extremely ungrateful state. That's the reality. Because you're, you're already in debt. I, I pray this, uh, this is not a play of words by the way, this is the Qur'an. And I pray it's making sense my dear brothers and sisters. Right? This is the beauty of the Qur'an, Wallah, if we ponder over it. And a lot of the times the translations don't give us this, you know, uh, these nuanced meanings, these meanings that uh, the Arabic language carries in context. Right? So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wakes up and the first thing he says is, he, 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 say, he asks Allah for forgiveness. This is a worthy act. This is a worthy act. 
When you say, Ya Allah, there's no one worthy of worship besides you, and Ya Allah, forgive me, forgive me, because you gave me Islam when I didn't even ask for it, and Ya Allah, I will never ever be able to do justice to what you've given me. Ya Allah, uh, forgive me, uh, because even my worship of you is lacking. Subhanallah. Wallahi, my dear brothers and sisters, they are angels who have been created only to praise Allah, only to be in sujood. And on the day of Qiyamah, when Allah raises them, they will ask Allah for forgiveness for not being diligent. Allahu Akbar. In the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what about insan? What about insan? Ala kulli hal. This is um, uh, obviously, the, the, um, you always need time to catch your breath. Wallahi, when, when the Quran speaks to you, it, if you really pay attention, and Wallahi will never ever be able to really pay attention. But if we pay some attention and we catch it, it, it makes you breathless. It makes you breathless. You know, people say, I become breathless when, when I'm scared. I become breathless when I'm running on the treadmill or running or cycling. Uh, do you become breathless reading the Quran? Because this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaking to us. I mean, how, you, you know, when, have you seen, I'm sure you've seen on, on television when people see celebrities, they really become breathless. They fall into tears, they're screaming. It's, it's like, it's 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 surreal, honestly. You think, wow, Subhanallah, yani it just doesn't feel right that one human being has all this power to just come on stage and people are, are, are about to faint, right? So I present to you the words of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, my dear brothers and sisters, and I ask you that: Does it make you breathless? Does it make you breathless? And that's how we need to, uh, you know. Uh, we need to uh, grow ourselves and develop ourselves. We need to develop ourselves to become breathless when we read the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, because, it, 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 because that's its nature. It, it, it takes our breath away. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Ameen. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he asks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. The first thing he does when he wakes up, and this is what we should do as well, my dear brothers and sisters. And then he asks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his mercy. He says, I ask you for your mercy, ya Allah. Right? So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is being general by asking Allah for his mercy. Everything that entails Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. Right? So... Um, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he asks Allah for his mercy. And when he asks Allah for mercy, he's asking Allah for everything and anything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, considers merciful, whether we know it or we don't know it. And this is the reality, my dear brothers and sisters, that sometimes we go through a difficulty. And we don't know that this is a mercy. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows it's a mercy. And we ask Allah for His mercy. And Allah gives us this mercy. It's a mercy in disguise. Right? And that's why we shouldn't complain. Because little do we know, we're actually living the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? So he asks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for His mercy. And this is, you know, the other time I told you we need to worship Allah hard. And we need to worship Allah smart. Right? This is smart worship of Allah. I mean, one thing you say, Ya Allah, and you ask and you have a list. You have a list of a thousand things and you ask Allah one by one for these things. But another thing is to say, Ya Allah, can you give me everything that you consider mercy? 
whether I know it or I don't know it. Ya Allah, you are most knowing of what I want, and you are most knowing of what is better for my life in this world and the hereafter from the things that I want. And you are most knowing of the things that are good for me that I don't even know of, and thus I don't want. Ya Allah, you give me everything that you know to be mercy. Allahu Akbar. That's worshipping Allah smart. You're not spending, you know, uh, half an hour in dua. You might be five minutes in dua. But that's a smart dua. That is a smart dua. Right? Um, even when you want to get married. Just the other day I was on radio and I think I shared it with the brothers and sisters in, in Dubai when we went through the etiquettes of dua. And I was saying today some people, they make dua, they want to marry this person, they start using passport numbers, nationalities, right? They're so specific. Ya Allah, I want to marry this girl, this boy, passport number, such, 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 number, you know, one, two, three, four, five, and, and nationality and date of birth. Allahul Mustan. Okay, I am being lighthearted here, but you get the picture, my dear brothers and sisters, right? That, you know, we, 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 we get um, uh, we get too technical. We're not being smart in our dua. The smart dua is the one where you, you, you show trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah knows what is best for you better than you know what is best for you. So this is an important point, my dear brothers and sisters. Right? Then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and just before that, you know, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he asked, um, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for a special dua, a dua that is special to him that he can pray in salah. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught him, Allahumma inni zalamtu nafsi zulman kathira, wala yaghfiru al-dhunuba illa ant, faghfir li maghfiratan min indik, warhamni innaka anta al-ghafurul rahim. And the point in this dua is, is where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions, warhamni, that ask Allah to have forgiveness, uh, to, to shower his mercy upon you. Ask Allah to shower His mercy upon you. Ask Allah for His mercy. And if we look at the story of the people in the cave, that we, you know, we read the story every Friday in Surah Al-Kahf, they were running away from a people who wanted to harm them because they believed in one Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? And um, uh, these people said, أَتِنَا مِنْ لَدُنْكَ رَحْمَةً مِنْ أَمْرِنَا Right? So they said, Oh Allah, give us from your dominion rahmah. Rahmah, this is an indefinite form of the word, right? Which means, oh Allah, give us from your dominion, from your kingdom, everything that you know to be merciful, whether we can perceive it or we can't perceive it, whether we can imagine it or whether we can't imagine it, give us everything that you know to be mercy. And wallahi, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them uh, merciful aspects that they would never have imagined, Right? Such as a cave, such as the ability to sleep for so long, such as the ability to have the sun shine uh, in the cave at, at intervals in the day, but not have the sun shine into the cave throughout the day. Because if, it were, if, it, you know, if, if, if that was the case, it would get too hot. And if the sun didn't shine at intervals in the day, it would get too cold. Right? Also, their skin would benefit from the vitamin D that the sun provides. Then Allah placed their dog at the entrance of the cave in such a way that people would think that the, the dog's guarding the cave, the, the cave. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them another mercy in the form of making anyone who came close to the cave extremely scared. For some reason, they wouldn't understand why they're scared, but Allah would, 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 would place great fear in their hearts and they would turn away from the cave. So nobody would go to that cave for the period that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills. And Allah gave them such a sleep that never caused them to wake up with aches and pains. 
Because when they woke up and they asked each other, how long do you think we've been sleeping for? Some of them said we've, we've been sleeping for uh, a day or part of a day. Subhanallah. So it wasn't a sleep, you know, when sometimes we, we oversleep and then you wake up with a headache. You wake up with, with an ache in your back or somewhere. Subhanallah. Right? So they asked Allah for rahmah. They said, Ya Allah, give us everything you know to be mercy. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them aspects of His mercy that no one would imagine, subhanallah. No one would imagine. And Allah caused them to outlive the people who wanted to harm them. And when they finally went back to the people, they found a people who were upon a better situation in terms of religion than the people uh, that they ran away from. Subhanallah. I mean, if you told these people, best case scenario, what do you think the best case scenario is? Write it down. Nobody would have, nobody from them would have, have written this. Nobody from them would have uh, written this. Allah also gave them a kahf. He didn't give them a ghar. And these are two different types of caves. A ghar is a, is a cave that has a, a, a base which is lower than the entrance of the cave. It's a very narrow cave. But a kahf is a cave that has a floor space which is at the same level of the entrance of the cave, which means it's a much wider cave. So there's more space to keep more people. Right? There's another mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for those who ponder. Because we know that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was in a ghar, ghar hira, or ghar thawr. Right? Uh, the, the cave of thawr. Remember when Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu said, O Prophet of Allah, if they look to the place of their feet, they will see us. Why, why did he say that? If they look to the place of their feet, they will see us. Why did he say that? Because uh, they, were, they were in a ghar. Because they were in a, in a ghar. Right? And the nature of a ghar is that you, when you go in, you have to drop down. Because the floor space of that cave is lower than the entrance. So if somebody stands at the entrance and doesn't bend to look in, you know, they won't see what's in the cave. And this is different to a kahf, which, which is what the, the people in, in, in Surah Al-Kahf were in. They were in, 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 in a cave that resembles a room today, where the, the, the floor space of the room is at the same level uh, as the door. right? Uh, meaning you don't have to step down or step up, you step straight into your room. In any case, in any case, uh, the point to mention here is the, is the wisdom of asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for mercy. For mercy. And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam goes on to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for specific matters such as, Oh Allah, increase my knowledge, zidni ilma. And the fact that he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this shows how he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was constantly upon um, uh, upon the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah never commanded him to make any dua besides one dua in the Quran, and that is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَقُلْ رَبِّ زِدْنِي عِلْمًا Allahu Akbar. Right? وَقُلْ رَبِّ زِدْنِي عِلْمًا Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands him to say, Oh Allah, increase my knowledge. And look, as soon as he wakes up, he says, Allahumma zidni ilma. Allahu al-musta'an. May Allah forgive us, wallahi, my dear brothers and sisters. May Allah forgive us. This is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah commands him to, and immediately he wakes up. The first thing he does, he looks after that command. Every, every day, he says, Allahumma zidni ilma. 
That's what he used to say, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then he used to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for steadfastness from going astray. And wallahi, we need to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for steadfastness from going astray, especially in the day and age that we live in, where uh, it's, it's out in the open. Being a Muslim is not a cool thing. Excuse my uh, Western uh, colloquial speech, right? But that's how it is today. Today, it's, it's no more being politically correct or about being politically correct, right? I'm sure you've been following these um, interviews that have been happening uh, just with the general public in America and some other countries where they're telling people that, you know, do you agree? I'm sure you've been listening to, to this uh, very... Uh, to, to this evil, right? To this evil that's being said by an evil man <clears throat> with evil thoughts uh, about banning Muslims from entering countries and so on and so forth, right? It's, it's, it's no more being about being politically, politically correct. The fact is, it's out there. And, 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 and the news cameras are going to individuals in the streets. And you know what's scary and shocking? You know what's scary and shocking? What's scary and shocking is, what's scary and shocking is that these kind of thoughts have support. These kind of thoughts actually have support. There's public out there that are rallying behind this type of bigotry. Allahul Musta'an. Right? So, this is a time when you ask Allah really for steadfastness upon religion and upon guidance. Wallahi. Because if you are weak in iman, I don't have to, I don't have to describe the scenarios. If you are weak in Iman and you're living in a day and age where other matters in your life are more important to you than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. I mean, so the, this is a great dua from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ala kulli hal, in any circumstance, moving forth, the other dua that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to recite, and that's on your page 56, is Alhamdulillah alladhi ahyana ba'dama amatana wa ilayhi nushur. So another dua that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to recite when he used to wake up is um, All praise and thanks be to Allah who has brought us to life after he has made us to die and to him will be the resurrection. Yes. Uh, and this is an example of an equational sentence uh, that I told you about that exists in the Arabic language. Because we're saying Alhamdulillah, this is Al-Jumla Al-Ismiyyah, right? Um, Alhamdulillah, uh, all praises belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, uh, in English, um, we, we, would trans- we would translate it with many, many more words, right? Um, because equational sentences are not part of the English language. Um, and when we say Alhamdulillah, uh, we say it in the definite form. So we say Alhamd, Alhamd, right? Um, uh, and, and, and we say Lillah, uh, which, which, which means belongs to Allah. Right, belongs to Allah, which means that Allah is the owner of all uh, that which is considered alhamd. He is the owner of it. Meaning, uh, all praises belongs to Allah, whether you praise Him or whether you don't praise Him, whether you know or whether you don't know. Right. So uh, this means that all these praises belongs to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, irrespective of your situation, irrespective of you being created. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't need to create you to praise Him for Him to be known as Al-Hamid and uh, for Him to be able to say Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar. This is what it means. Allah never needed to create anybody who would then 
praise him for him to uh, be able to say Alhamdulillah. No, وَلِعْيَاذُ بِاللَّهِ Rather, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is perfect from ever, and he is perfect forever. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was the most praised from ever, and will be the most praised forever. And he is the owner of all praises from ever until forever, subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was the creator before he created. Yes, he never needed to create, to be called Al-Khaliq, the creator. Right? Uh, and, and, and we must understand this and understand this well. That we need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't need us. So one of the other prayers of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he would wake up is Alhamdulillah, all praises belongs to Allah. Why, why do you want to praise Allah like this at you know, the moment you wake up in the last third of the night? You know why, my dear brothers and sisters? Because if Allah didn't want, you, didn't want to reward you the rewards of standing the last third of the night, He would not have inspired you to wake up. So the fact that you're awake is because Allah wanted you to be awake so that you could take the means to earn the most amazing and precious gifts from the kingdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Thus you praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the most special of praises. That's the reality. That's, you have to understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. The day you fast, thank Allah for making you fast. Wallahi, you only fasted because Allah made you fast. Yes. لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله. There is no power nor might except from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, uh, he used to say, Alhamdulillah, الذي أحيانا. All praises belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who gave us life. Who is giving us life to witness the sunrise, to witness the world, to witness the creation of Allah, to witness our families, to witness all these gifts. We have another day to witness it. All praises belongs to Allah. If He didn't wake us up, we wouldn't have seen these amazing creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We wouldn't have witnessed the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All praises belongs to Allah for waking us up to witness His power. And we became better as a result of it. Indeed, all praises belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the reality of what we're saying, my dear brothers and sisters. وَلَكِنَّ أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ But most of mankind do not know. Subhanallah. Right? So, um, uh, this is the reality of us praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the first thing we do. Now, also understand that, you know, alhamd or praising Allah is not like al-madh. Al-madh refers to, you know, praise we give to other people. We also, in the English language, we say, you know, Madahahu, uh, right? Which means he praised him, right? But in the, uh, for Allah, we use the word hamd. And remember, I said there's no two true synonyms in the Arabic language because there's a difference between madh, which also is translated as praise, and hamd, which also is translated as praise. And the difference is when we praise somebody, we might praise them even though we don't mean it, right? Have we not seen people praising other people because they want something from them? Have you not, you know, told somebody, Oh wow, mashallah, you know, you've lost so much weight. Even though you don't believe he's lost weight or she's lost weight. Allah al-musta'ad. And this is a problem with character, my dear brothers and sisters. Right? But we, 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 we sort of trying to butter people up by praising them because we want something from them. Maybe it's, you know, we want, uh, uh, we want to borrow some money or, you know, whatever it is. 
right? So sometimes we praise people that we don't even like. We praise people that don't deserve praise. We praise them because we have ulterior motives. This is different to madh. Madh. It only hap- it belongs to Allah because Allah indeed is the is 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 the owner of everything good. Subhanahu wa taala. Right, and um, these type of praises only exist because Allah is deserving of them. Subhanahu wa taala. So there's no way that uh, um, a person uh, can can act in an ulterior way with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a point. Another point is, my dear brothers and sisters, uh, is that uh, alhamd uh, constitutes praising with the emotion of love and exaltation. This is what our scholars Rahmatullahi alayhim say. Right? So, Alhamd, sorry, Alhamd, Alhamd, constitutes a, 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 constitutes a praise, right? Which is built upon the emotion of love, sincere love, sincere love, not just love, sincere love, and sincere exaltation. Right? Now, there is no one in creation who is deserving of being praised with sincere love and sincere exaltation besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why nobody else uh, is fit enough to receive hamd besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But madh, yes, this is something we as the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala share across. Now, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to say all praises belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Who gave us life after giving us death. Who gave us life after giving us death. What does this mean? Well, this means, my dear brothers and sisters, that um, we actually experience a form of death when we go to sleep. And that is why Rasulullah taught us before we sleep to say, Allahumma uh, bismika amutu wa ahya. That, oh Allah, in your name I die and I live. Yes. We experience a form of death. Sleep, as explained by our scholars, may Allah shower His mercy upon them, is the lighter death. Is the lighter death. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, meaning, and, and they gain this from the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described it as death. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allahu yatawaffal anfus hina mawtiha. Wallati lam tamut fi manamiha. So Allah says, it is Allah who gives death to the self when the time of death comes. Right? And as for the one that is not meant to die, then Allah gives a type of death to the self when the self goes to sleep. When the self goes to sleep. Okay? Um, And that is why the scholars say, they've deduced from this, that the lightest death is when you die in your sleep. Why? Because your soul is already half lifted. And this is uh, something that conforms to common sense, because the soul is the electricity of the body. It, it fires up this body. It's the battery, right? Uh, and, and we know this, when a person passes away, they still have their eyes, they have their nose, they have their tongue, they have their heart, they have the blood. Everything is there, but they can't hear you. They can't see you. The heart's not pumping. Nothing's happening. Why? Because the electricity has been switched off. So the soul has been described as the electricity of the body. 
For this body to rest, we have to reduce the current, we have to reduce the wattage, we have to reduce the voltage. Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a mercy upon us, raises the soul. So the body can rest. And that's why, for those who practice power naps, I'm sure you experience that you have a 10-15 minute sleep and you wake up so refreshed. Right? Why are you so refreshed? Because the soul, the soul's effect on the body was reduced for those moments. And your body rested. It became rejuvenated. That's what happened. That's what happened. Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, His divine mercy upon us, uh, dictated that Allah will lift the soul at the time of sleep so we can sleep. And that's why when we sleep, we do have our senses, but they're highly reduced. Depending on how deep the sleep is, you can call out to a person, they won't hear you. And I'm sure we've all experienced this. Right? I'm sure we've experienced this. Sometimes you try and wake up somebody for fajr and they're in such a deep sleep, they don't even... Some people, you have to shake them, it doesn't work. Right? Because their level of perception uh, is so reduced, given how deep they are in their sleep. Does this make sense, brothers and sisters? So, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is saying all praises belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who gave us life after giving us death because we experienced a form of death. And that's why my dear brothers and sisters, we, you know, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us never go to sleep um, without having your will ready. And then, and we learn from this that we shouldn't go to sleep without sincerely repenting to Allah. Because what guarantee do we have that that soul will be given to us in its entirety when the time for waking up comes? Wallahi, let's be serious here, brothers and sisters. You know, when you're awake, you don't fear dying when you're awake. Because you're awake. You, 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 and you, you know, you, you, we, we fear dying always, of course. But you know what I'm saying, meaning the thought of it, right, uh, is not as prevalent in the mind. Because you are aware of your perceptions and you'll say, right, I'll sleep when I choose to sleep and so on and so forth. Here you're going to sleep. If you know that your soul is, is being lifted, you know, if somebody told you that, look, I'm going to remove half your heart when you're sleeping. How anxious would you be, my dear brothers and sisters? Let's be honest, right? How anxious would you be? I mean, you'd be nervous, Right? So, uh, but alhamdulillah, we, our safety is, is, is in the hands of, of uh, the, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Who is perfect in every form uh, and way. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the point I'm saying is, when I'm saying we become anxious, the reason why I'm saying it is because what if we don't wake up? What if Allah removes it totally? And not in, in you know, not, uh, not partially. Allahul Musta'an. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those who truly, sincerely turn to Allah and ask Allah for forgiveness sincerely before they sleep. And one of the best du'as you can make before you sleep is Allahumma anta rabbi la ilaha illa ant khalaqtani wa ana abduk wa ana ala ahdika wa wa'dika ma istata'at a'udhu bika min sharri ma sana'at abu'u laka bi ni'matika alayya wa abu'u bi dhanbi faghfirli fa innahu la yaghfirun dhunuba illa ant. It's an amazing du'a. Uh, Google it. Um, and read the meaning and memorize it and repeat it constantly. And um, if you can't find it, then put a message up on the forums and inshallah, uh, one of our admin will uh, post it to you. My dear brothers and sisters, these are just some of the uh, points that I wanted to share from our previous reading. Um, and I pray inshallah it's of benefit. As I said, you know, uh, we're here uh, to... Uh, 
develop ourselves, to develop ourselves, especially as those who uh, work in the da'wah. Uh, we, when we work in the da'wah, we're always giving out. And it's important that we look after ourselves and give in so that we don't become burnt by uh, doing da'wah, right? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the greatest da'i. But look how Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to feed himself with knowledge, with dua, with ibadah, with worship, right? And so on and so forth. And that's why he never, he never became burnt by the da'wah. He never experienced da'wah fatigue. Uh, he never belittled uh, one da'wah act as opposed to another da'wah act. He never did all the sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Everything was important. It wasn't like, you know, uh, I'll leave this da'wah, but it's okay, I'm doing that da'wah. No, his way was, I'm going to do both. Because there's no, well, once it's inviting to Allah, there's, you, can, you, you cannot categorize it as a greater opportunity or a lesser opportunity. Because at the end of the day, uh, um, diligence with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows no shape and no size. Every uh, opportunity is a gift. And the reason for sujood the shukr. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding. Ameen. Uh, okay, brothers and sisters, now we want to traverse to page uh, 64. And uh, inshallah, brother Hisham uh, will read for us, bi'ithnillahi ta'ala, regarding Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's guidance in uh, Friday prayers and a reference to its special characteristics. And from there, uh, he will read, inshallah, up to page 84, up to page 84, bi'ithnillahi ta'ala. Um, go ahead, Hisham, barakallahu feek. Okay, so we seem to be having some um, technical issues with uh, Hisham's microphone. Um, inshallah, if he manages to sort it out, we will uh, listen to the uh, reading. Uh, if not, we will listen to it in uh, the next session, bidnillahi ta'ala. Um, by the way, everybody, just to quickly have a look, um, I think uh, it is safe to say we have uh, two more um, sessions, two more sessions left. Uh, for this particular semester, and inshallah we will resume in February, uh, so the next session will be on the 19th, and then the 26th of December, um, and then um, we will resume um, in, 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 in February. Uh, if it's possible for me to fit one extra one on the 2nd of January, I will let you know in advance. Uh, but for now, uh, let's just lock it down and say we have two to three uh, sessions. All right, here we have we have Hisham back. We have Hisham back. Let's let's listen to let's listen to his reading. Inshallah. Jazakumullah khairan. Okay. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alamin. Wassalamu alaikum wa baraka ala ashraf al anbiya wal mursalin nabiyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. May Allah shower His mercy on the teacher, on the writer of this book, and on all those listening. Page number sixty-three. Page number 64, sorry, chapter regarding his sallallahu alayhi wasallam as guidance in Friday prayers and a reference to its special characteristics. It has been authentically reported from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam that he said, Adallallahu anil jumu'ati man kana qablana wa kana lil-yahudi yawmu al-sabt wa kana lil-nasara yawmu al-ahad faja'a Allahu bina fahadana liyawmi jumu'ah faja'ala al-jumu'ata wal-sabta wal-ahada wa kathalika hum lana taba'un yawm al-qiyama nahnu al-akhiruna min ahli al-dunya wal-awwaluna yawm al-qiyama al-maqdiyu lahum qabla al-khalaiq Allah diverted those who were before us from Friday. 
For the Jews, their day set aside for prayer was Saturday, and for the Christians it was Sunday. And Allah turned towards us and guided us to Friday as the day of prayer for us. In fact, He, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, made Friday, Saturday, and Sunday as days of prayer. In this order would they, Jews and Christians, come after us on the Day of Judgment. We are the last among the people in this world and we will be the first among the created beings to be judged on the Day of Resurrection. At-Tirmidhi narrates on the authority of Abu Hurairah in a marfu' hadith which he declares to be which he declared to be authentic. خير يوم طلعت فيه الشمس يوم الجمعة فيه خلق آدم وفيه أدخل الجنة وفيه أخرج منها ولا تقوم الساعة إلا في يوم الجمعة في يوم الجمعة. The best day on which the sun has risen is Friday. On it Adam was created. On it he was admitted to paradise, and on it he was sent out of paradise. And the hour will not be established except on a Friday. And it was narrated by Malik in Al-Muwatta and also authenticated by Tirmidhi in the words خَيْرُ يَوْمٍ طَلَعَتْ فِيهِ الشَّمْسُ فِيهِ خُلِقَ آدَمُ وَفِيهِ أُهْبِطُ وَفِيهِ تِيبَ عَلَيْهِ وَفِيهِ مَاتُ وَفِيهِ تَقُومُ السَّاعَةُ وَمَا مِنْ دَابَةٍ إِلَّا وَهِيَ مَضِيءٌ وَإِلَّا وَهِيَ مُصِيخَةٌ يَوْمُ الْجُمْعَةِ مِنْ حِينَ تُصْبِحُ حَتَّى تَطْلُعُ الشَّمْسُ شَفَقًا مِنَ السَّاعَةِ إِلَّا الْجِنُّ وَالْإِنْسُ وَمَا فِيهَا سَاعَةٌ لَا يُصَادِفُهَا عَبْدٌ مُسْلِمٌ وَهُوَ يُصَلِّي يَسْأَلُ اللَّهَ شَيْئًا إِلَّا أَعْطَاهُ اللَّهُ إِيَّاهُ The best day on which the sun has risen is Friday. On it Adam was created and on it he was sent down to earth on it. His repentance was accepted by Allah. On it he died and on it the hour will be established. And every moving creature is listening on Friday, from the time, from the time they awake in the morning until the sun rises, due to fear of the hour. Except the jinn and mankind, and on this day, there is a time when if a Muslim slave prays to Allah and asks him, he will give him what he asked for. Kaab said that is one day in every year. Abu Hurairah said, but I said on the contrary, it is every Friday. So he, re- he read the Torah and said the Messenger of Allah has spoken the truth. Abu Hurairah said, Then I met Abdullah ibn Salam and I informed him of my meeting with Kaab and he said, I have learnt which hour it is. I said, Then inform me of it. He said, It is the last hour on Friday between the Asr prayer and the Maghrib prayer. I said, How? When Allah's Messenger said, La yusadifuha abdun muslimun wa huwa yusalli. There is a time when if a Muslim slave prays to Allah and at that time there is no prayer. Ibn Salamin Rahimahullah said, Did not the Messenger no, said, Did not the Messenger of Allah say, Whoever sat waiting for the prayer, he is in prayer until he offers the prayer. In another version in Ahmad's Musnad in the hadith of Abu Hurairah عنه, he said, It was said to the Prophet وسلم, for what reason was the day called Al Jumu'ah? He said, Lianna fiha tubiat tinata abika adam, wa fiha sa'katu wal ba'atha, wa fiha al batsha, wa fiha khidihi thalatu sa'at, minha sa'atun manda Allah fiha stujibala. Because on that day the clay was shaped from which your father Adam was made, and on that day will be a sa'iqah. And, on, and the resurrection and on it will be Al-Batshah And in the last three hours There is an hour when whoever supplicates Allah will be answered Ibn Ishaqin reported on the authority of Abdul Rahman Ibn Ka'b ibn, ibn, Ka'b ibn, ibn Malik That he said I used to lead my father when he had lost his sight And when I would and, and when I went out with him to the Friday prayer And he heard the Adhan He would seek forgiveness for Abu Umama As'ad ibn Zurara 
and one time I heard this from him and I said, I wonder if I should not ask him. So I said, Oh my father, do you consider that you should seek forgiveness for As'ad ibn Zurara every time you hear the Adhan for Friday prayer? He said, Oh my son, As'ad was the first person to gather us together in al Madina for the Friday prayers. Before the arrival of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, in Hazm al-Nabit in the area of the tribe of Banu Bayadah and, and in a Naqi' called Naqi' al-Khadamat, I asked, and how many were you in number? He said, 40 men. Al-Bayhaqi said, its chain of narrators is Hassan Sahih. Then the Messenger of Allah وسلم, arrived in al Madina, and he stayed in, in Quba on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And he built their mosque, and then he left on Friday, and the time for Friday prayer overtook him in the land of Banu Salim ibn Auf. So he prayed it in the mosque, which was in the middle of the valley before the building of his mosque. Ibn Ishaq said it was the first sermon which he delivered, according to Abu Sulam ibn Abdul Rahman, ibn Abdul Rahman, and we seek refuge with Allah from attributing to him anything which he did not say. He stood up among them and praised Allah and extolled him. Then he said, "Amma ba'du nas, أحدكم, ثم لينظرن قدامه فلا يرى غير جهنم فمن استطاع أن يقي وجهه من النار ولو بشق تمرة فليفعل ومن لم يجد فبكلمة طيبة فإن بها تجزى الحسنات بعشر أمثالها إلى سبعمائة ضعف السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته As for what follows, O you people, send forth for yourself good deeds you know for sure by Allah that a person among you at that a person among you will be struck down unconscious and he will leave his sheep without a shepherd. Then his Lord will surely say to him and there will be neither intermediary nor screen between them. Did not my messenger come to you and communicate the message? And did I not give you, you wealth and favor you? And what did you send forth for yourself? And verily he will look right and left but he will see nothing. And he will look in front of him and he will see naught but the hellfire. So whoever is able to shield his face from the fire, even if it be only by giving a piece of a date in charity, let him do so. And whoever was unable to do so, let him shield it by saying a good word. For the reward of a good word is multiplied by ten times, seven hundred times. And may the peace, mercy and blessings of Allah be upon you. Ibn Ishaq said, Then the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam delivered a second sermon saying, Inna alhamdulillahi ahmaduhu wa asta'inuhu Na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina wa min sayyaati a'mala Man yahdihi allahu fala mudillalah wa man yudlil fala hadiyalah wa ashadu an la ilaha illa allahu ahdahu la sharika lah Inna ahsana alhadithi kitabullah Qad aflaha man zayyanahu allahu fi qalbi wa adkhalahu fi al-islam ba'da al-kufr فاختاره على سواه من أحاديث الناس إنه أحسن الحديث وأبلغه أحب ما أحب الله أحب الله من كل قلوبكم ولا تملوا كلام الله وذكره ولا تقسوا عنه قلوبكم فإنه من كل ما يخلق الله يختار ويصطفي قد سماه الله, قد سماه الله خيرته من الأعمال مصطفاه من العباد والصالح من الحديث 
ومن كل ما أوتي الناس من الحلال والحرام فاعبدوا الله ولا تشركوا به شيئا واتقوه حق تقاته واصدقوا الله صالح ما تقولون بأفواهكم وتحابوا بروح الله بينكم إن الله يبغض أن ينكث عهده والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته all praise and thanks be to Allah. I praise Him and I seek His aid. We seek refuge with Allah from the evil of ourselves and from the wickedness of our deeds. Whomsoever Allah guides, there is none can misguide Him. And whomsoever Allah sends astray, there is none that can guide Him. And I testify that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah, alone, without any partners. The best of speech is the Book of Allah, whose heart has been beautified with it by Allah and whom He and whom he has admitted to the fold of Islam after he had disbelieved would be successful. For he has chosen Allah's speech over that of all of mankind. Truly it is the best of speech and the most eloquent. Love what Allah loves, love with Allah, love Allah with all your hearts. Do not become tired of Allah's speech nor of mentioning his name, and do not make your hearts hard toward it. Hence everything amongst everything that Allah creates he chooses something. Allah would call his khiyarah best in terms of deeds. His favorite ones amongst the servants, that which is good and useful in terms of speech. So worship Allah and do not associate anything with Him, and fear Him as He should be feared, and be sincere to Allah in the righteous words which pass your lips, and love one another with Allah's spirit between you. Verily Allah hates that His covenant should be broken, and may the peace, mercy, and blessings of Allah be upon you. <coughs> Chapter. It was part of the guidance of the Prophet ﷺ to glorify this day and to honor it and to mark it in certain ways, including that he would recite in the Fajr prayer on that day Surah Al-Sajda and Surah Al-Dahr, for in them is mention of what has been and what is to come on that day. Also among them is a recommendation to send many prayers upon the Prophet ﷺ during the day and during the night, because every good thing which his community have received in the life of this world and in the hereafter came to them through his hands, and the greatest favor bestowed upon them was the day of Al-Jumu'ah, for on that day they will be sent to their abodes in paradise and it will be a day of abundance when they enter it and they will be near to the Lord on the day of abundance and how much of this abundance they will receive is in accordance with their closeness to the Imam on Friday and how early they come to the prayer and among them is bathing on the day of Al-Jumu'ah which is something strongly confirmed and whose obligation is greater than that of ablution due to touching the penis, nosebleed, vomiting and the obligation to send prayers on the Prophet in the final tashahud and amongst the, and among them is the wearing of perfume and brushing the teeth with the miswak. And there is a superiority in using them on this day as compared to other days. Also among them is the takbir saying Allahu Akbar, occupying oneself with the remembrance of Allah Most High and prayer until the Imam comes out. And among them is listening to the sermon, which is an obligation and the recitation of Surah Al-Jumu'ah and Surah Al-Munafiqoon or Surah Al-A'la and Surah Al-Ghashiyah. And among them is the wearing of one's best garments and the fact that every step with which the walker takes towards it is a sunnah, and the reward of it is, is that of one who fasted on it and stood in prayer on the night of it. Also, it wipes out sins, and on a Friday there is an hour where one's supplications are answered. When the Prophet ﷺ delivered the sermon, his eyes would become red and he would raise his voice and his anger would be intense. So much so that it was as if he was warning an army and he would say, Sabbahakum wa masakum. And he used to say in his sermon, Amma ba'd to proceed. He would make the sermon short and he would make the prayer long and during the sermon he would teach his companions عنهم, the rules of Islam's and its laws and he would command them and prohibit them as he commanded the man who entered while he was delivering the sermon to pray two rak'ahs. 
and if you observe that one of them was in great need he would order them to give charity and encourage them to do so and he would point with his forefinger whenever he mentioned Allah and when he supplicated him and he would ask for rain during his sermon when there was a lack of rain he would come out once they were gathered and when he entered the mosque he would greet them with salutations of peace and when he ascended the pulpit he would face them and greet them with salutations of peace and he would sit and Bilal anhu would call the adhan when it was over he would stand and deliver the sermon leaning on a bow or a stick his pulpit had three steps and before he took it he used to deliver the sermon toward a tree, tongue, a tree trunk the pulpit was not placed in the middle of the mosque but in the western corner of it, leaving between him and the wall a distance sufficient for a sheep to pass. When he sat on it any on any day other than Friday or he delivered the sermon while standing on Friday, his companions anhum, would turn their faces towards him and he would stand and deliver the sermon. Then he would sit for a few moments and he would stand and deliver the second sermon and once he had completed it, Bilal anhu, would call the iqamah. He ordered them to draw near and be silent. And he informed us that if a man says to his companion, Be silent, he has committed lahu, and whoever does so has rendered his Friday prayer invalid. When he had offered the Friday prayer, he would enter his house and perform two rak'ahs as the sunnah of it, and he ordered one who had prayed it to perform four rak'ahs after it. Our Shaykh Ayy ibn Taymiyyah said, If he prayed it in the mosque, he would perform four rak'ahs, and if he prayed it in his house, he would perform two rak'ahs. بارك الله فيك أخي الكريم هشام بن الله سبحانه وتعالى bless you for that reading so basically we've just read the guidance of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم with regards to صلاة الجمعة and I will just remind one and all again that this is to enlighten you not to confuse you or confuse that which your teachers have already taught you based on the madhab um, that you have learnt your fiqh um, upon. So become enlightened, don't become uh, confused. This brings us, my dear brothers and sisters, to the end um, of today's uh, session. And um, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to uh, grant us life and preserve us in His obedience uh, so that we can come back and learn um, some more from the wonderful life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and offer some explanation to some of the uh, important pieces of information we have uh, read regarding the guidance of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam with regards to Salatul Jumu'ah. Uh, after that we have Salatul Eid and um, we have the uh, Salah of the Eclipse and the Salah of Rain. Um, inshallah we will uh, do that in upcoming uh, sessions. Uh, Barakallahu feekum everyone for your attendance, for your concentration, for uh, your efforts. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward everyone uh, attending live uh, in full. And may Allah grant us uh, palaces next to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Al-Firdaus Al-A'la. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, reward those who make an effort to um, listen to the recordings and, and, and continue following uh, with a worthy reward as well. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Uh, I love you all for the sake of Allah. Everything correct said is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He's perfect and any mistakes are from myself and shaytan and I seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's uh, forgiveness. Uh, until next time, my dear brothers and sisters, sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.